0: Do you want to improve your game faster and hit your driver longer? The good news is ShotScope can help you achieve your goals. ShotScope has products for every golfer, such as GPS watches, laser rangefinders, and shot tracking devices designed to lower scores and improve your golf by over four shots on average. I use the Pro LX Plus rangefinder on the course to get my distances. What I love most about ShotScope is tracking my game and reviewing my stats. The great news is your personalized stats are completely free with no yearly subscription. If I can use it, anyone can. Jump over to ShotScope.com today and find the perfect product for you. And remember to use my code page at checkout.
1: This is Playing Around with Paige Renee.
0: everyone welcome to the playing around podcast sam and i are recording live from hole 16 at the wm phoenix open and it is getting crazy right now
2: as you can hear but we wanted to give you just a little update because this is sam's first time so what are your first impressions first impressions are it's 10 a.m and i've already seen people falling over <laughs> tripping over themselves um, it's 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 a party out here it is a party for sure so they just finished the Friday round on Saturday
0: because of some frost delays and so we're waiting now until they reset the pin and each side is getting a little bit rowdier but it is so much fun to see people enjoying themselves on the golf course and making it entertainment I think a lot of people forget that at the core of professional sports is entertainment and other sports get that but golf seems to miss the boat, and this is that one event where people get loud, they boo, they go insane, and
2: I love that environment. It's crazy to think how early these people got here, (laughs) and they all, um, they had little Breakfast Club t-shirts waiting on their chairs, everyone's matching in their cute little green, but you guys should have heard at 9 a.m. on the dot when the beer guys were allowed out here. It (laughs) was like... It was like someone just won the lottery. The most popular people out here are the beer runners. They will come down.
0: They're chanting MVP. uh, They're going each side, all the chants that they have. People make this a tradition. They call it the Breakfast Club. So every Saturday of the Waste Management, they will line up at 4 a.m. and sprint to get their spots, and they are here all day long, but they start serving beer at 9. So as soon
2: as (laughs) they were counting it down and went crazy so tell us how that works because you've obviously been here many years what do they they just never leave their seat they never leave their seat if you leave your seat well they have some bathrooms and you can go get some
0: drinks but Besides that, if you leave, you lose your spot. And so people will line up for hours to try to get a spot at 16, but they're trying to build it up. So 16 is so much fun, it's great, it's iconic. 17 is turning into the new 16, and you can find a spot there. They're turning that almost into a stadium. So you have three stadium holes in a row, 16, 17, and
2: 18. They're all so much fun and a perfect finish to the WM. And they're about to recut the hole now for uh, technically Saturday's round. There's a bunch of people kind of lingering around. There's a bunch of murmurs, a little bit louder than normal. But right when we got here, the first group we saw was Rory. Um, So that was that was kind of cool. But um, we've got Saturday coming up and then, yeah, just uh, (laughs) they're cheering uh, beer chugs and anything. They will cheer it. And it is so
0: much fun to be here. My favorite tournament. I know it was a very hot take, but I said the WM is better than the Masters because you can have fun. You're not walking on eggshells. It truly is a great place to bring someone who has no familiarity
2: with golf into golf. And I think once they are here, they'll start to love the game. They truly are growing the game with this tournament. And I think it's interesting how many people probably here have no idea about the sport, but they're here and they're having a good time. They're cheering like they would any other sporting event. But one thing, Paige, we need to talk about What is your outfit? (laughs) So, (laughs) you make fun of the girls who wear heels
0: and non-golf attire to the golf tournaments and I did everything (laughs) opposite of that. (laughs) I wore some cowboy boots with a heel. I'm wearing some jeans. I don't even know if I can call this a shirt, uh, but it's basically a like broad top that I tied. And uh, you know what? It feels great.
2: It feels great to uh, wear something I should not be wearing, which I do a lot. A little bit of rebellion never hurt anybody. It's good. As long as you feel good, that's all that matters. But it's, it's funny walking through wearing this outfit because I know I'm getting looks. I've seen the looks and they're probably like, this dumb bitch has no idea what a green is, what golf is. And I'm like, I could I could take you all on. I know I could. <laughs> and let's do that. That's going to be you're, you need to one, play those people and two, be the beer girl next year. <laughs> Ooh, beer girl. I, I want to see if I can be a beer runner next year. WM, we will be calling. And coming up next, we are talking with Chad Mom, the producer of Full Swing on Netflix that launches this Wednesday, February 15th. So here's that talk. Hey, everyone, it's Sam and Paige and a special guest today. He's been making his podcast rounds. Everyone wants him. We got him, of course. We have guest Chad Mum, the producer of Full Swing, the new docu series of the PGA Tour coming out this week. Also, the chief creative officer of Vox Media Studios. Chad, thanks for joining us.
1: Of course, I'm pumped to be here.
2: Well, tell us a little bit about you. How did you and your team get chosen for this project?
1: So, I have played golf my whole life, um, as uh, so many fans did, but never, you know, was good enough to uh, go pro, but. Uh, I got to know the PGA Tour team maybe like ten years ago, working on some digital content with them. Uh, I actually pitched them on this idea ten years ago, and they were like, "Ha, huh, no, absolutely not." But <laughs> we got to uh, we got to know each other, and I think they they really understood and appreciated how much I got the game and was a fan of what they were doing, and sort of followed not just Tiger but the whole tour, and sort of understood. Uh, and then seven years ago, I moved to LA from New York to start the Box, box Media Studios, and we started doing more and more. Entertainment projects and long form doc series, and you know, we make shows for Netflix and HBO and a bunch of other people. Uh, and in 2019, I was playing golf with Chris Wandell from the PGA Tour, and we went out to Shadow Creek, which was super exciting—just first time playing there. It's like, it's going to be a great day. And on the first tee, I sort of pitched him again, and uh, Jay Monahan had become commissioner, so you know, there was kind of a new regime. And you know, what I had always said is, if we we're going to do this. It has to be like warts and all. That was like the main, most important thing. It has to be authentic. It has to be real. I think they were like worried about players like cussing. Like imagine this year, that was their big worry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, Jay, took, Jay became commissioner. And I think they they understood they had to sort of reach audiences in new places. They had to sort of grow uh, and, and explore like new ways to, to make new fans. And this was actually, this was before Drive to Survive had come out. So originally the idea was going to be more like Hard Knocks. And we were gonna quick turn it and it was gonna, you know, we need, we're gonna fall about six or seven players. So um, I got the rights in 2019. Um, I found myself at the, we, we, by the end of that round, by the way, uh, which is like one of the worst routes I've ever played because I was distracted talking about it. I <laughs> think it's like one of the only rounds I have in the nineties in my gin. Uh, so it's very embarrassing that that's what led to this show. But, uh, but I guess it was worth it anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, three months later I was at the Players' Championship sort of locking the deal in with the tour. Um, and then a month later, I was at Augusta on a general admission pass. And as you know, you can't have your phone at Augusta. And I was there to sign players. And the tour, you know, the whole point was like, it was, they were going to be hands off. Like they had to trust that they weren't going to have editorial control. And they, I think they trusted me because one, we had a long relationship and they knew that I cared and I was a fan and sort of got the sport. Uh, so I ended up with the general admission pass to Augusta and a list of a bunch of players, agents. And I had like printed out like pictures of them on this, like these basically like index cards because you couldn't have your phone. And I'm standing like outside the tree, like at the clubhouse at Augusta was where like all of the VIPs and golf kind of gather. Um, And I'm outside the ropes and I'm like yelling at agents, you know, quietly, quietly yelling, I guess that's possible. Like, Jay Danzi, Jordan Speed's agent. Come here. I want to talk to you about something. Um, so just that that's how it all started. And the first player to say yes was Ricky Fowler. And then Justin Thomas jumped on board and Tony Finau and Cameron Champ. And those guys all and their teams like all got what this could be really early on. Um, and then, you know, it took a while to get like those deals done. You know, this has never been done before. So it was like new to the players. And then it was 2020. So it was kind of like too late to start for that season, which actually worked out perfectly because with covid we would have had to stop down anyway and then during covid that's when drive to survive really exploded uh and people started watching sort of season two and then and then that show really blew up so our conversation started really picking up with netflix where it's like okay this is going to be the best home for this uh but we needed to get the majors on board because we were going to sort of shift away from quick turn and you know six players and now we needed the whole season and we needed like 25 players or more um and so you know but it was like one step at a time and I got to say, like getting being in the pandemic, like on a Zoom like this, and seeing someone pop up and it say Augusta National underneath their <laughs> name for me was like a I'm from Georgia, so that was that was one of the cool cooler moments. But it's the same thing, like talking to players in the Zoom, just trying to explain to them what we're trying to do. Um, yeah, and then and then Netflix, you know, greenlit the series. Um, I met with the team from Box to Box Films who do Drive to Survive and now Breakpoint on Netflix. And, you know, they, they said it's Paul Martin and James Gay-Reese are the two British filmmakers who run that company. And we sat down at dinner in Los Angeles at a place at Soho House. And they're like, what we love about this idea is that golf is something that most general sports fans have, like, a notion of what they think it's like. And, and like, we know with sports, anything, if you get inside, the, like, under the surface of it, it's nothing like that. And they're yeah. like, the opportunity to just completely subvert people's expectations in the first five minutes it makes this such an exciting project. And I think that the show that we made totally lives up to that. And it's a look at pro golf in a way that no one's ever seen it before. Uh, I I can't wait for people to see it.
0: I'm so excited because I I remember watching Drive to Survive during COVID and getting into F1 and loving the storylines and loving how it's laid out. And that really introduced me to the sport. And I remember talking about on the podcast being like, golf needs this more than any other sport. And I thought I came up with the idea and everyone thought it was me. So, yeah, 10 years ago, I mean, that breaks my heart a little (laughs) bit. I'm not as crazy as I thought I was. Um, But we've talked about it for so long that golf has this – It's conservative and it's stuffy. You don't really get to know the players, but we do. And they're amazing and they're funny and they're engaging and they have these ideas. Was it hard to get that out of them? Did you feel that they were kind of reserved and they were nervous to be themselves on camera?
1: You know, it was a... Process like anything. And by the way, you know, it was a good idea, Paige, clearly. Thank you. you, Thank you. you. It was a good (laughs) idea. Uh,
2: Put her in the credits. Put her in the
1: credits. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, those are locked now for season one. So maybe we'll, you know, if we we do more, you know, we'll consider (laughs) it. But, um, Yeah, you know, like anything, some players like really got it. Actually, funny enough, the European players were like the easiest to work with because they're just so nonchalant. And I think it's partly because the European Tour, now DP World Tour, like has done a lot with the players on social media and they had a really good team that did that. So they were more comfortable. The American players, it took a little bit of like getting them comfortable. I think it's just, it's a little more, I mean, I don't want to say that corporate, but they all like learned from Tiger Woods and watched how he was and there's like a seriousness to it and and a guardedness and and like look they're kind of ceos of their own businesses so they have a lot to lose if things go wrong and you know i think the hardest thing for us was to explain to them that this is not like we're not the media you know like we're not something happens to you or you say something while we're filming like we're not going to tweet it tomorrow like it's not coming out for nine months like at the earliest you know and anything, like even your low point, you have a terrible round, you blow a lead, your Mito Pereira, you hit it in the water on the last hole at the PGA Championship, like the lowest moment, that just makes the highs so much better. And when you have a year's worth of context, like people will understand not just like that moment, but like who you are as a person. And that was the big, that was the thing that sort of, they started to understand. I think it was helpful that the tour didn't have editorial control because the players felt a little more, I think, you know, more free to mm-hmm. just be themselves Um, you know, and then ultimately it was the task of our teams to just disappear into the background. Like the more we got people on camera, the more they got comfortable wearing mics, you know, you just kind of like back up, let them kind of go and let them talk. And then eventually they just, it starts to feel extremely organic. Uh, and that's, that's, that was our job is to not show up like with giant movie cameras and, you know, lights and. Grips and all this trucks and stuff was, but it was to be as small as possible. So they kind of forgot the cameras were there. And that's a really like British way of doing it. And I think that's what we gained from bringing the team that did Drive to Survive into this is that kind of observational. Like I like to say it's like a wildlife documentary. You know, you <laughs> got to wait for the lions to come in. Um, there was a lot of that, like being there, you know, waiting for them, showing up when we said we were going to be there. And, you know, if they, if they didn't feel like filming, you just say, we'll come back tomorrow. You know, it's, they're so used to it being like it has to be right now. I've got my schedule, blah <laughs> yeah. blah blah blah. And we're like, no, it's cool. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow. No big deal. You know, like you're not feeling well. You want to stay around and watch movies? Like we'll stay and watch you watch movies. That's a great scene, by the way. Otherwise, like we'll see you tomorrow. And and we we shot for three hundred shoot days, which is like you know our teams collectively shot three hundred days last year, which is a lot. We shot seven hundred hours of footage, and then we got another six thousand hours of archive from all the media, you know, from all the the masters, the majors the PGA tour, you know, just to cut it into like six and a half hours. But uh, it was wild. <laughs>
2: well, speaking of the logistics of that, like the hour shot and how long it took, how are these episodes laid out? Because we know that you, sh- you shot over a period of a season, but then how is it laid out for the consumer?
1: It's uh, So there, there's eight episodes. Um, they're all dropping uh, this week, February 15th. And uh, all eight all at once, Netflix binge style. So you can watch them all. And, you know, every episode, like, we really wanted to take a character-driven approach. So every episode follows one to two players uh, that you can really go deep on their stories. There's a bunch of cameos from, like, kind of the whole tour and everybody uh, that pop out throughout the season. But for the most part, each episode kind of tells a story of sort of one to two players. And some episodes tell their entire year. Some episodes kind of focus on one event. Some episodes kind of cover a three-month span. So... Uh, It's roughly in order, like kind of roughly linear. Uh, The first episode actually drops us into the PGA Championship. So we actually start uh, there and then go back in time for episode two. But, uh, you know, from there, it kind of follows like a roughly, you know, timeline linear order. But, um, you know, like I said, we have episodes that span the entire season, you know, in the middle of the year. The Rookies episode, for example, with uh, Mita Pereira and Sai Tagala kind of covers their whole year on tour and so you go back to the masters again, you know, in in, uh episode seven, you know, and, and take that all the way to the end of the season. So um I think it'll be it's engaging and a lot of fun. And and you know, even if you watched everything last year, you saw every shot hit. Like there's gonna be stuff you never saw, the behind the scenes stuff. We spent tons of time at home with these players and in the rental houses and hanging out with their family and riding around in cars and you know, and then our cameras were given access everywhere. So, you know, we, we got our cameras into places at the majors, and, you know, PGA Tour events that no yeah. one's had cameras in before. So
0: is there one player that really surprised you that you weren't expecting to either be really great on camera or they were quite different than you were expecting? Who was either like your favorite to film with or the most surprising player?
1: So definitely Brooks Koepka was the most surprising. And he, you know, he was not at all who I thought he was going to be you know, from just the persona he had built for himself, you know, with the media and the way that he, you know, I don't know, it's like he has a character that he wants to play, it's like a wrestling heel. Uh, But he came in and and sat down and was just so open and vulnerable about what he was going through, you know, injuries and, and his game and how much he wanted to be back there winning and how much that meant to him. And, you know, as a guy who was sort of known for like not liking to practice, you know he told us stories of like waking up at two in the morning, you know laying in bed next to his fiance, like making an imaginary club in his hand, you know, like taking his grip and thinking about oh maybe I'm a little strong, you know he's like I wake up thinking about it, I go to bed thinking about it, and it was shocking uh and 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 honestly really, really compelling stuff and so he was great, I think Matt Fitzpatrick is another one that we you know wasn't necessarily like top of our list for players for the show as for season one, but um We had done a lot of work with Excel, which is his agency. And they rep like Colin and, you know, JT and a bunch of other players and uh, Tiger, obviously. And they said, you know, hey, you should look at Matt. And it was almost like a favor, you know, because he is interested in doing it. Um, But we met with him and he sat down for his first interview and he like blew us away. First off, he's really funny. He's got a good sense of humor. It's like this dry wit. And then his approach is so different from everybody else. He's so data-driven. He's got all of his analytics. He literally charts every shot that he's hit since he was, like, 14. I mean, including, like, on the range. Like, writes down, like, what club he hit, where the win was, how far it went, like, result of it. see, Sam, that's why levels. we didn't
0: make it. That's why we didn't make <laughs> it. it. You know what?
1: <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and then, you know, his his arc is just – it's so satisfying because, you know, he, he comes so close – The pga and then you know we were there the whole time we were with him the night before with his friends hanging out in his house just trying not to think about what the next day was going to be like and then you know he loses we're in the car with him driving home you know on the verge of tears and then we're back a week you know a month a couple weeks later at brookline same exact thing running it back and then that sunday was special and i think that that uh that episode is a real high point for it's right in the middle of the season it's uh, it's a real high point. There's a great like needle drop in the middle of that episode when he hits that shot out of the bunker that I can't wait for you to see.
0: <laughs> I mean, the whole year where you guys were just like pinching yourself and being like, mm. "Is this fucking for real? <laughs> like, this <laughs> is the best year in golf with all of the controversy." I mean, you couldn't have picked a better year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had no, we honestly had no idea. There's a lot of people on Twitter who think we like scripted the whole lift thing. It was like, well, like I'm behind it somehow, pulling the strings, which that really overstates my, my influence. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, look, we had heard some rumors about it and, you know, but it was kind of brushed off like every couple of years, people with money come together and they try and disrupt golf and speak no different. But then it happened and it happened fast. And all of a sudden this like camaraderie that exists out there on the PGA tour, it's like high school a little bit. Like it's the same people, you know, you kind of, it's like high school that goes on and on and on and on. Uh, there's little clicks. and most people are friendly with each other. You know, you're not best friends with everyone, but there's like a general sense of like, Hey, we did this. We're out on the PJ tour. And in the middle of the season, like that gets just shattered. And now people are taking sides and they're like questioning who's playing for what and why, what does it all mean? Is it here for the money? Or are we here for our legacy? Like, what is this about? And all of a sudden golfers who are not really known as, you know, for being like super outspoken are getting asked like questions about geopolitics and their morals. And, you know, and it just, it all happened in the middle of the year, which never happens. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't remember any time in any pro sport where like anything like that has happened, like during the season, you know, like while wow, these guys are all in the same locker room and they have to play together and compete together. Um, so it was, it was, it, it really leveled up the stakes for the whole season. And you get to see that process. Like we, we filmed with, you know, a bunch of players that end up leaving to live. And we just kept filming with them after they left. And, and I think that, you know, our goal was never to like editorialize their decision. It was just to give them, you know, to be there while they made it and let them talk about why they did it. And I think that you, it may, it's, I don't know if it's going to change your mind about some of the decisions the players made, depending on, you know, which way you fall and your opinion of that, but you'll certainly have a lot more context for it. And, and I think that's, that's the super interesting part. Um, So yeah, we don't shy away. If everybody was worried that there was going to be no live in this, you're you're uh, nothing to worry about
0: Win money betting on golf this year. Betting on golf is fun, but picking winners isn't easy. BetSport's Golf has the data, tools, and experts to turn your Sundays into paydays. Members get in-depth articles, research tools, and our team's picks each and every week. If you'd bet $100 on every wager the BetSport's Golf team had recommended last year, you'd be up nearly $10,000. For a limited time, you can head to betsportsgolf.com to get a special price on a year-long subscription.
2: Well, it's interesting because we're all on golf Twitter and we understand the whole live dynamic. Well, maybe we don't, but we at least like know <laughs> what happened and we followed everything. How were you able to make this, this specific topic, but the whole series as a whole, appeal to the non-golfer? Like I, when we watched Drive to Survive, mm-hmm. I felt like I kind of... I don't think I can get in the car, but like, I feel like I kind of get it, you know, but yeah. how are you able to kind of balance that and, and speak to the non golfer?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was always the goal from the beginning. Like we, we didn't want to make a show just for hardcore golfers. And, and also I think by the way, that's part of the reason why the players signed up because you know, they, they know that their audience is on the golf channel and on the broadcasts. Like they know that, and they know that golf Twitter is going to, you know, respond to anything that they post. But this is such a bigger platform. I mean, Netflix has 230 million households. Like, that's not just subscribers. That's like households of people that could watch, you know, all together. And it's going to release in, I, I don't know the exact number, but it's like 50 countries all at once and translated into 20-something languages. You know, it's its the Japanese key art for the show is fire. I i tweeted about it the other day. You can find that. It looks so cool. And you just remind her that, like, this is going to be in every country all over the world all at once. Um, so it has to be broader than just the core golf fans. So we had to, we had to tell stories that were humanizing and relatable for anybody, whether or not you're a fan of the sport. And, you know, there's a lot to love about the sport, as you know, like there, it, it takes place like in between your ears. It's the most lonely sport. There's no one to fall back on. It's just you out there. And it's so fleeting. Like whether you're an amateur like me or like pros, like, you know, it can go away with like with one day and all of a sudden you have it and then you don't and it's so hard to win and like these athletes are all so motivated and so driven and to only like to have a great year where you like win only one time I mean that's so like psychologically brutal you know to to put in all this work and and like have a great season and like get one or two wins like that's a great season you know and and then you add the lifestyle element of it right there's a lot of money they fly around on private jets they all have like really cool lifestyles and and opinions and are actually like interesting people and and uh you know you just throw that all into the mix and we just saw such a diverse range of stories and characters like the range from like tony female to colin to rory to jt and jordan like all different ways of doing it you know and um and the more we sort of pressed into the world the more we were like oh yeah there's there's not just a show here for golf fans like this is there's, there's heartbreaking moments. There's moments where you'll tear up. There's relationship stuff. It's like, it, it's just a great kind of universe to jump into. The one funny part is that we ended up debating because <laughs> we had to, like in episode one, we had to explain like basic stuff. Like what's a par, you know, what's a birdie. Cause people <laughs> say that it's like, it's not intuitive. Even the scoring, it's like people look and see it's like negative numbers. Like that's confusing if you've never watched golf before, you know, and the, the golf tournaments are four days and there's a cut and it's like, why isn't it just one day? Like, it, you know, there's a bunch of stuff we have to figure out, you know, we had to figure out how to explain. And we we went back and forth for like a month on how to define par because we had to do it in like a lower third and it had to be like a sentence long, but like try to do that in a sentence, like the, the Webster's definition is like four paragraphs. You know? So we ended up saying expected score on a hole, which I think works for it. But, you know, just like little things like that. And hopefully that stuff doesn't annoy the hardcore golf fan because it just it's quick. We get into it and then you're just like thrown right into the action. Um, but I think there's definitely like you, you can watch the show having never seen a golf shot in your entire life and find yourself rooting for these characters and and tuning in, you know, hopefully a week later, like when's Joel Damon's tea time, you know, like that's the goal for this.
0: We've been needing that in golf for such a long time. We talk about this consistently on the podcast about growing the game. And people will say in the industry, let's grow the game. Let's do things that are different. And then they're always afraid to disrupt and to take a chance. And I think we're all so looking forward to this and getting to know the players on such a deep personal level. And I don't think people who are non-golfers really understand the game of golf and like you were saying how it's just a complete mindfuck and it destroys you day in and day yeah. out and the grind and you just see these guys jet setting around and making a ton of money and they get to play golf but people don't understand that the mental grind that they go through it's a toll every single day and mm-hmm. were there days where they just like I, I can't I can't do this I don't want to do this or like where their agents stepping in and did you see in the beginning that they were more closed off and then towards the end they were really able to like open up and be more emotional and show their, their, their family and the personal
1: side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was definitely a process for some of the guys like the, but you know, that, that's why we do it for a whole year. Like we've got enough time and eventually it's like, we just kept showing up and they, (laughs) they gave in like, you know, and our, our, our field teams, like the people shooting the show out in the field, like they're really good at this and they, they understand like that these are pro athletes, but also like they're people and they, they kind of meet them on that level. And I think it's nice to, like, if you're a pro, not to just get asked about your round, the last round you played, and, like, what are you trying to do on the next round? You know, it's, like, you're making equipment changes. Like, we don't care about any of that stuff in the show. (laughs) It's, like, we just want to be there with you. And what we kept saying was, if it's important to the player, it's important to us. And we're never going to produce any scenes. It's not the Kardashians. Like, we're not going to say, you need to show up here at this time and... A none of it person. is scripted.
0: It's, it's no. all
1: real. And yeah, it's all. And, and like, if they're doing something like, Hey, Jordan speed and Justin Thomas, we're going up to play a practice round at Southern Hills. Well like, can we come, you know? And they're, they're like, yeah. And and that's an amazing scene. You know, they're bucking around on the golf course for a couple hours and flying on the jets, like gambling, you know, it's like, it's great. Um, so that was, yeah. So it was, but it was definitely a process. The more they film, you know, we filmed with them, the more comfortable they got, Um, and the more they got to just build relationships with our team. Um, and you know, some, some guys, like I said, Fitz just like, was like, sure, whatever, like anything (laughs) you want show up, I'm in, you know, from day one. So he, he he was great. Joel Damon kind of the same way just said, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to give you everything. I'll be as unfiltered as you ever could imagine. (laughs) And he's, he was the best. And Joel's episode is like, it's, it's so much more powerful than just like a funny man in golf. Like his story is so you know, it's heartbreaking and like, and just that ends up being about like self-belief, you know, cause he, he's, he, there's a line and it's not a spoiler, but there's a line at the beginning where he's like, you know, somebody has gotta be the 70th best golfer in the world, might as well be me, you know? And it's like the whole episode ends up becoming as the more we filmed with him and, and, you know, and his family and like Gino's caddy, it's like the more you got to understand that like everyone believes in him, but himself, you know, like, and how, what does it take to, to actually believe in yourself? And that's what, and what, what kind of support structure do you need to actually finally believe in yourself? And that's, I mean, that's like such a human story. You know, you don't have to know, you don't have to care about any of the golf shots he hits to, to, to see that success happen for him and feel like this sense of, you know, satisfaction and excitement and, you know, happy tears.
0: Oh, I can't wait to get the tissues out. And We've been talking about golf Twitter throughout this segment, and Sam told me that you were getting praise from your swing at the Waste Management Pro-Am that you look like Luke Donald. Is that (laughs) true? Can you confirm?
1: He was, he was my favorite mortal golfer growing up. You know, I think everybody's favorite was Tiger, but I love Luke Donald. And you know, when I was playing junior golf and high school golf, he was, he was playing really well. And I was, a, I'm a visor guy, you know, I, I appreciate the visor. So, uh, we talked
2: so. about this last <laughs> week He's on the podcast, <laughs>
1: <laughs> really,
2: I'm a big visor fan page. Not so much. Not yeah. so much. Sorry, Paige. So when you say visor tour visor or Luke Donald visor.
1: No, no. That, that's like a hyzer. That, his is like a half visor. I need a tour visor. You got to get like, I'm going Keith okay. Mitchell style for sure.
2: That's why we brought it up. I, cause I texted Paige and I said, why is no one talking about how hot Keith Mitchell is? Yes, And Paige, I agree. <laughs> and Paige said, it's the visor for me. And I was like, it's the visor for me in a different way. Yeah. I like it. And oh, so yeah. now that's no, so gotta, funny that you mentioned that.
1: I talked to him actually uh, on Tuesday of, of waste management about his visor game, and I told him I just appreciated it because you know we, we us visor guys got to stick together. But he's yep. a I'm gonna leave of this chat
0: as you guys <laughs> <laughs> bond yeah, over tour gone. visors.
1: <laughs> but but I anyway, did, back to the, the Luke Donald. I mean, that's very that was very sweet. Uh, a, a writer uh, tweeted, you know, was watching me warm up for the pro am and, and took a picture. And, I don't know. It is there was a similar follow through, but I can promise you that like that's where the similarities end. But. It is a funny story that of all the players um, that, you know, I got to work with and got to know, like, very closely through the year. I only asked one for an autograph, by the way. And guess who that was? Luke Donald. Luke Donald.
2: (laughs) And you also apparently emulate your swing slash follow through after him. So the love is
1: real. uh, Yeah, the love is real. I think it just, uh, you know, I just watched him so much and loved him so much. It just sort of happened. I don't know.
2: (laughs) You have to ask, though. So who did you
0: play with? And then how nerve wracking was the shot at 16?
1: So, uh, you know, there's a draw party, so you get to pick your players. And so I, we ended up, I picked uh, Sahith Tagala and Keegan Bradley. So Sahith is a big character in season one. And, you know, as a rookie and his family, it's just a great story. And he's an awesomely chill dude. Uh, and then Keegan, I've gotten to know a bit. And uh, there'll be more to come on Keegan here eventually or shortly. Um, so I was pumped to play with both of those guys. We had an awesome day. Um, and then, yeah, 16... I, you know, Keegan, I was playing with Keegan on the back nine, we get to 14 and the music's pumping and he's like, you get nervous yet? You know? And I'm like, no nah, man, whatever. I'm not a pro. I don't care what happens. You know, he's like, yeah, sure. But then we get to 15 and he's like, you're nervous yet. You know, and I'm like, nah, nah, this is whatever. It's just a night iron, you know, a little easy nine. And then we go on the tee and he comes over to me and he grabs me on the shoulder. He's like, how you feeling? I'm like, I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> uh, and you know, I think I blacked out. Um, but uh, the announcer like gave us a very cool announcement, you know, hyping up the show, which was really nice of him. And, uh, and I hit the green. So I somehow like blacked out and, and I look up and the ball's flying in the air and, uh, and I was pin high. And then we ended up making the birdie, the team birdie. So that was great. The, the worst part about it though was like, yeah, you know, I get to the tee and it's not just like the crowd, but then like all the agents for all the golfers that I've been working on with this show for like three years are just like lined up there and they're like hey buddy hey buddy how you feeling and i'm just like god like i can handle the crowd like a bunch of anonymous people you know drunk people yelling stuff like that's fine but now it's all these people who it's like i've been saying like i need you, your player i need to, you know get and they're just like saying they're like uh-huh uh-huh yeah how you feeling how you feeling and then like if it wasn't any worse i look over across the other side of the tee, and there's our fucking crew with the netflix cameras filming and they're like like facing me and i'm like this is I was like, you guys need to get back to work, please. Like, just, there's nothing to see here. But I hit the green, so thank God.
2: One more question, Chad, before we wrap this up. Are there talks of another season? You keep saying first season, first season. What's the plan?
1: I mean, listen, we haven't said anything publicly yet, but, uh, but there was a re- you know, there's got to be some reason why our cameras were filming me at 16 at Waste Management. So, uh, you know, nothing to say about that yet, but certainly we feel like there's a lot more stories to tell. And, and you know, the players that you'll get to know watching the show – they're not going anywhere either. So uh, there's some more work to do, and uh, hopefully we get to do another one.
0: Okay. Well, Chad, I have an idea, and I'm going to pitch it here. Season three, Inside Golf Media. Hmm? <laughs> Maybe?
1: Yeah. I think it All could right. be
0: interesting.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah. You know what? Let's, uh, let's, let's keep talking about that.
0: But only if you include us or we're out, and then you can't do it. I'm going to take my idea elsewhere.
1: (laughs) Done and done. Now there's a record of it. So, you know, I think that's how it works.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we can't wait to watch Full Swing February 15th. You hyped it up even more than we were even – I mean, I'm so excited already and now even more excited. So I think everyone's going to love it. And thank you again so much for joining us.
1: Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeart Radio, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: It's
0: time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers download the PointsBet app today and sign up in any of PointsBet's live states with code PAGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager and bet credits. Again, that's promo code PAGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. Points bet, your move. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net.